Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your Chief Security Fanatic here, and today it is Sunday, so we are doing Breaches of the Week, and this week is no slouch in breaches, some seriously big names and, and people that are caught up in this as we will get to, but as always, before I begin, I want to thank the following people here, and especially since I'm traveling, it always helps me out when people send me things, and that would be Jay Dance, Jacqueline Wolf, and Sander Slidner, and guys, thank you very much, please keep them coming. First up, we're going to start with Move It because, well, why not? They're basically in the news in Breaches of the Week every single week, and that is just an unfortunate thing, but we've got to talk about it. And this week, we've got one declaration, and that would be the Better Outcomes Registry and Network, also known as BORN, that's the acronym, and they are a healthcare organization funded by the government of Ontario in Canada. So heads up to you if you use BORN for any of your healthcare needs. Etc. Etc. Now, with that, let's move on to other data breaches. And the first one we're going to be talking about is digital protection firm Dark Beam. And interestingly enough, this is a big one in terms of record count. More than 3.8 billion records have been exposed after digital protection firm Dark Beam led and basically left an interface containing the exposed records unprotected. Now, the leak was discovered, of course, by Bob Diachenko. He discovers a lot of these out there. I think this is all he does all day. And essentially, he alerted them to this. Now, the digital protection firm immediately addressed the vulnerability, closed the leak after being alerted to this, and Darkbeam had been collecting the data to alert its customers in case of a data breach, meaning that the data exposed was data already leaked in prior cyber attacks. Now, of the data leaked, there were 16 collections named email 0-9 and email A-F, which represented uh, 239,635,000 pairs of login credentials. So that's awesome. The data leak was caused by leaving Elasticsearch and Kibana database uh, data visualization interface unprotected, allowing access to the confidential data that was held within it. So heads up to you if you use Darkbeam for absolutely anything. Moving on. Let's head on over to Lake Tahoe in Reno, Nevada, that area, and talk about the Tahoe Forest Hospital District, simply known as the Health System. Now, they said the other day that they're notifying patients of a data breach, uh, or a specifically a data privacy incident that involved patients' health information on June 26th of this year. They discovered that on June 9th, a company that sends patient billing statements on behalf of health system uh, or the health system called uh, Mail My Statements sent the billing statements of some patients basically to the wrong people. In other words, I'm a patient. I got your bill. You might have gotten mine. Now, the information contained in the misdirected statements may have included patients' first and last names, address, treatment locations, dates of services, description of services, service charges, insurance name insurance uh, payments uh, and balance, patient uh, payments and balance, I can't speak today, invoice number, amount due, and statement date as well. So heads up to you if you use the Tahoe Forest Hospital District for all your healthcare needs. Moving on, let's do our mini segment, basically entitled, you know, if you just spent on cybersecurity, you wouldn't be paying huge fines or getting sued. And first one up is CareSource. Now, the Dayton, Ohio-based Medicaid and Medicare plan provider CareSource is facing multiple class action lawsuits over their data breach. Now, the Klopp ransomware gang exploited basically them through the MoveIt data breach because Klopp was all over MoveIt. And by virtue of that, 3.18 million individuals that were using CareSource had their names, addresses, dates of birth, social security numbers, health plan information, uh, medications, and other health information exposed. So move it continues to rear its ugly head and the lawsuits are flying. So heads up to you. If you use CareSource, you may be entitled to compensation. Moving on. 
Let's talk about uh, basically um, ma the manufacturing company Honeywell. They failed to protect customer personal information from cyber criminals and did not alert uh, people when their data was breached, according to three separate class actions that are now filed, uh, that were filed in September, I should say, against Honeywell. Now, Honeywell, Honeywell stored a significant amount of personal information on its network, including social security, passport, driver's license, and financial account information, according to the lawsuits. Lynn Curran... Uh, filed a class action lawsuit on September 19th in the Western District of North Carolina in which she claimed the company failed to protect her information. Now, according to the 28-page complaint, sensitive data was potentially exposed for about 118,379 individuals during a massive cyber attack in May of 2023. So, obviously, that's a huge issue. Heads up to you. On top of that, we've got Johnson & Johnson and IBM together. Yes, this is like the massive company week. So J&J &J and IBM were hit with proposed class action over <clears throat> a recent database Data, uh, data breach to J&J's patient assistant program, Janssen CarePath, which is managed by IBM. I managed, actually mentioned this one a couple weeks ago on Breaches of the Week here, so keeping you informed every which way. Now, a Florida resident alleged that the companies failed to protect uh, personal identi personally identifiable information and health information, and, and they didn't keep up on, up to industry standards that were required under HIPAA compliance. So besides a class action designation and a jury trial, the lawsuit is seeking basically an award of damages among several other demands um, for Johnson & Johnson and IBM to purge existing personal information and obviously improve their data security. So that's going to be a big one. We'll see where that goes. But Johnson & Johnson and IBM together, now you know you're in trouble. Moving on, <clears throat> let's talk about Mass Mutual's annuity unit because an annuity owner is suing the subsidiary of Massachusetts Mutual Life Insurance, uh, basically in conjunction with the Move It data breach and Move It once again rears its ugly head. Now, Joyce Pallada Elo, a Nevada resident, is seeking class action status for the suit, which names Mass Mutual Ascend Life Insurance Company as a defendant, along with Progress Software, Software Corp and PBI Research Services. Pilati Ulo filed this suit in the U.S. District of Court for the District of Massachusetts, and so we're going to see where this goes. But heads up to you if you use basically uh, Mass Annuities Annuity Unit, Mass Mutual's Annuity Unit. Moving on, <clears throat> let's talk about Skidmore College in New York. The law firm of Fetterman and Sherwood have filed a class action representing anywhere from 12,100 to 121,000 people who are either staff or students at Skidmore College. They were victims of a data breach this past February. Now, the firm says that it needs more information from Skidmore to have a concrete tally of those affected. Skidmore College says the ransomware breach encrypted a small percentage of the faculty and staff file sharing systems as well as business and financial files so we'll see what's going on there but sure would students and faculty heads up to you You're probably gonna get paid moving on let's talk about metro mile they had a breach a while back and they just agreed to pay seven hundred seventy-five thousand to resolve claims that it failed to prevent a data breach that lasted from july of 2020 through january of 2021 now the settlement benefits individuals who received data breach notification letters from Metro Mile informing them that their information may have been compromised between July of 2020 and January of 2021. Now, under those terms of the settlement, consumers can receive up to $5,000 in reimbursement for out-of-pocket expenses related to the breach. This reimbursement covers unreimbursed losses, 
credit expenses, lost time, and other losses. Instead of reimbursement, class members can also choose to receive a flat payment rate of $30. So there you go. Your deadline to file is December 21st of this year. So if you use Metro Mile for all your Metro Mile needs, go get paid. Moving on, let's talk about TikTok because the Data Protection Commission or DPC of Ireland um, basically has fined TikTok 345 million euros for breaching the EU's GDPR principle of fairness and requirements for data protection by design and default when processing data related to users aged between 13 and 17, as well as children under the age of 13. I actually did an entire video independent of that on that specific thing, this is the result of basically the negligence that TikTok has. Now, if you recall, the DPC found a number of data protection breaches. I, this is what I talked about by TikTok, which included a failure to implement data protection by design and default uh, by placing a child user account in a default public setting, meaning that anyone can see the content of the child's account. And here we are. So there you go. TikTok, one of the worst companies in the world. <laughs> Moving on. Another update in this mini segment on MGM and, and Caesars because there are now five class action lawsuits filed against MGM Resorts International and Caesars Entertainment basically seeking to essentially punish uh, the casino giants for failing to protect uh, customers in September cyber attacks. Now, the companies obviously are trusted with personally identifiable information because they're basically financial institutions with the amount of money that flows to those things. And obviously, their trust they, the lawsuit is saying the trust was violated because we have very highly publicized data breaches. I actually had people on Twitter or X or whatever we're going to call it next week, literally sending me DMs and, and public alerts saying, hey, do you know that MGM right now? I'm at MGM. I can't, I can't log into anything. I had to use a pen and paper to, you know, to, to register or whatever it was. It's absolutely nuts. Now, these lawsuits allege that <clears throat> disclosures by the companies have been inadequate and customers have had no idea if they might have been vulnerable to future problems related from the theft. In other words, identity theft scams, et cetera, et cetera. And so basically the victims are saying that they believe that their information is already out there and been sold on the dark web. And honestly, probably it has, but thanks to Equifax and others, it was probably sold before them as well. So it's not going to be good in court for the next couple of years for both MGM and Caesars. And so we'll see where that goes. And you know, I'll keep you up to date here. And with that, that is the end of the mini segment. And let's get back to data breaches because Francesca's acquisition LLC on September 25th of this year filed a notice of data breach with the Attorney General of Maine after discovering that an unauthorized party had accessed portions of their network. Now, in this notice, they explained that the incident resulted in an unauthorized party being able to access consumer-sensitive information, and we're talking names, social security numbers, driver's license, financial account information, medical information, and health insurance information as well. Upon completing that investigation, Francesca's began sending out breach notifications to those affected. So heads up, everybody. Moving on. Let's talk about crypto firm Nansen because the crypto analytics platform Nansen has issued a data breach alert revealing that an attacker gained access to its admin system and used it to provision customer accounts. The company also sent emails to affected users asking them to reset their passwords. I don't have much more information, but if you use Nansen for all your cryptocurrency needs, you definitely want to change your password whether you were notified or not. Moving on. Let's talk about Canadian Flair Airlines. That is their official name. I've never heard of them, but honestly, I think they missed the boat because they could have called themselves Flair Lines, and I think that would have been pretty cool. Anyway, Canadian Flair Airlines, which is a lot more boring, left credentials to sensitive databases and email addresses open 
for at least seven months. And that is according to the research team over at Cyber News who discovered this. Now, this increases, obviously, the risk of passengers' personal information like email, name, address, etc., obviously ending up in the wrong hands. Now, the leak consisted of publicly accessible, uh, in, uh, basically publicly accessible environment files hosted on the flyflare.com website. Flyflare.com belongs to the Canadian, apparently it's an ultra low cost, which I didn't even know existed, carrier. Um, and here we are. So according to Similar Web, that website has 3.2 million views a month. So obviously not a good sign. Hopefully that data did not get out. But if you fly flare lines, as they should call themselves, heads up to you out of Canada. Moving on, let's head on over to the Philippines and talk about the Philippine Health Insurance Corporation because basically the attackers have asked for $300,000 US or roughly $17 million in Philippine currency from the government after the database of the state insurer, Philippine Health Insurance Corporation, was hacked through the Medusa ransomware gang according to the Department of Information and Communications Technology of the country of Philippine. I don't have much more information for you on this, but obviously we'll keep tracking this. It is absolutely not good. So if you're a Philippine citizen, and heads up to you, your, your health insurance provider may have been hit. Moving on, <clears throat> let's talk about the building automations giant Johnson Controls. And this actually is really relevant because literally yesterday, one of the things I was traveling for was a presentation yesterday I gave on cybersecurity for building automation. And so here we are, Johnson Controls this week. And, and had I known that before I got on stage, this would have been a perfect example to really just bring that home. But Johnson Controls International has suffered what is described as a massive ransomware attack that encrypted many of the company's devices, including uh, VMware ESXi servers, impacting the company's and its subsidiaries' operations. Now, Johnson Controls, if you didn't know, is a multinational conglomerate that develops uh, basically and manufactures industrial control systems, security equipment, air conditioners, fire safety equipment, et cetera, et cetera. They are huge. Now, a source told Bleeping Computer, where I'm getting this information, that Johnson Controls suffered a ransomware attack after initially being breached at its offices in Asia. Now, uh, Bleeping Computer has since learned that the company suffered a cyber attack over the weekend that caused the company to shut down portions of its IT infrastructure. Since then, many of its subsidiaries, including York, Simplex, and Ruskin, have begun to display technical outage messages on website login pages and customer portals as well. This is gonna be obviously very difficult because if you are essentially controlling building automation through the web, and your automation goes down because it can't phone home to its source at Johnson Controls to get its cloud access, you might have some really hot or cold or otherwise annoyed customers, especially if you're in the HVAC or electrical industry or sheet metal. So heads up to you guys. I'm not a fan of this. Now, to continue with this, customers of York specifically, another, obviously that's a the one of the subsidiaries of Johnson Controls, report that they were being told that the company's systems were down, with some stating that they were told it was due to a cyber attack. Now, Bleeping Computer had been told that the ransom note links to a negotiation chat where the ransomware gang is demanding $51 million US to provide a decryptor and delete stolen data. That's about, unfortunately, the right size for a company that, that big. Now, the threat actors also claim to have stolen over 27 terabytes of corporate data, which means they had an absolute ton of time inside Johnson Controls. Assuming, assuming that 27 terabytes is an accurate count, could be bigger, could be lower, whatever it is, but moving 27 terabytes slowly out of a network, they were in there and maintaining persistence for probably months. Um, I would put money on it. So 
Anyway, they claim to have 27 terabytes of corporate data and encrypted the uh, company's VMware ESXi virtual machines during the attack. And Bleeping Computer contacted Johnson Controls but has not received a response as of publication. But after the publication of their story as an update, Johnson Controls confirmed the cybersecurity incident in a Form 8K, which is basically the filing you do with the SEC, stating that they were working with external cybersecurity experts to investigate the incident and they were coordinating with insurers. So obviously that's a huge thing. And John and controls is so unbelievably huge and their industrial control systems and automation are in buildings all over the planet that is never a good thing god forbid everything gets shut down and you can't get cooled in the summer or heated in the winter so we'll see what happens there but good luck johnson controls i really mean that that is never fun and none of these are fun for the record good luck everybody <laughs> moving on Let's talk about crypto project Mixin Network. On Sunday, about basically a week ago from when I'm talking here, the Mixin Network protocol, which is a decentralized finance project, announced that it had faced a hack and drained approximately, that had drained approximately 200 million of its cryptocurrency. And that's according to the company posting this on Twitter slash X. Now the company, which has 1 million users and is headquartered in Hong Kong, is now working with Slow Mist, a blockchain security firm, to learn more about the security breach. So heads up to you you if you use mix and network and their protocol you might have been ripped off moving on <clears throat> let's talk about clarion they are basically a global manufacturer of audio and video equipment. Um, I do believe I had some Clarion equipment in my car years and years and years ago when I was into that kind of thing. So the LV ransomware group um, added Clarion, as I mentioned, audio and video maker for cars and vehicles to their list of victims on their leak site. Now, Clarion Japan is a Japanese subsidiary of Clarion Co. Limited, a global manufacturer, and basically um, they, they're, they're listed on the site. So Clarion Japan also provides a whole bunch of other services outside of that and that's all we have thus far so clarion obviously in the process of trying to clean this up i hope and here we are speaking of other massive names from all over the planet let's talk about sony yes sony maker of the walkman and many other things now a new ransomware group alleged to have stolen data from sony group corporation now the group plans to sell the data but should no one buy the stolen information they're going to release it and then file a data privacy law report to the gdpr in other words these guys are being jerks they're basically saying we're gonna we're gonna sell this to a third party and if nobody buys this we're gonna file a gdr complaint against sony and get them in trouble and so on september 25th video games chronicle reported that a ransomware group had claimed to have this information this information is based on david hollingworth of cybersecurity connects own report which includes a perspective that the proof provided by the hackers is not particularly compelling meaning maybe they've got schlock who knows maybe they don't have anything maybe they've got everything we're gonna find out also, just looking and feeling like the indicators of compromise here, this seems like it would be a North Korea uh, type hit. They haven't been a fan uh, since the interview was released back in 2012 or 14 or something like that, uh, starring James Franco, Seth Rogen, um, basically going to interview uh, uh, Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea, which obviously was hilariously a disaster in that movie. So there you go. Take that for what it's worth, but I'd be willing to bet the North Koreans, maybe the Lazarus group, has something to do with this we'll see we'll see moving on let's talk about coin x because a hack of crypto exchange coin x's hot wallets has led to a loss of what appears to be about 70 million dollars in assorted types of assets mostly cryptocurrency now the data breach was reportedly caused by a compromised private key 
And some independent security analysts have basically pointed to North Korea's Lazarus Group, which I just talked about, um, though uh, Coinex's team may have a different read on the situation, and they're offering a bug bounty, uh, essentially if the if the funds are returned and the culprits basically say, show them how they broke in so they can protect themselves. Sometimes that works, sometimes that doesn't, but usually there's no honor among thieves. Moving on. Let's talk about the Edinburgh trams. These are the tram systems in the uh, city of Edinburgh in Scotland. Now, the attack made the company's website inaccessible uh, uh, basically to the users of the tram system in that city. Now, Edinburgh trams did confirm that they are investigating the circumstances of a cyber attack and are working to get their website online, which I hope it already is uh, as I'm sitting here talking to you. Now, security source confirmed that the National Cybersecurity Center um, was aware of this, uh, as well as other attacks on UK transport systems. You know, so across the United Kingdom, they're having this issue at the moment, and Russian hackers are suspected to be there, uh, be the ones doing this. So we'll see if that's true or not. But heads up to you if you're trying to use trams in Edinburgh. Hopefully they're back online, and hopefully you're going to get where you want to go. And finally, we've got two finalists for you. We're going to keep it in the UK for the first one. Now, the first one is essentially about data breaches in general, because according to new reporting coming out of the UK, and this is absolutely horrible, domestic abuse victims' lives are at risk. I've talked about this on one-off breaches, but, but somebody looked at this longitudinally, specifically at this across the United Kingdom, and here we are, because councils, police forces, and hospitals have been putting specifically women's lives at risk by accidentally disclosing domestic abuse victims' addresses to the perpetrators, and that is according to the UK's information watchdog. Now, John Edwards, who is the information uh, commissioner, who has reprimanded seven organizations in just the last year or so for these data breaches said that the basically these are affecting a, a victims of abuse and quote this pattern must stop obviously now complex databases and a lack of training have identified uh, are basically have been identified as the causes of these breaches according to Nicole Jacobs the domestic abuse commissioner for England and Wales described as extremely dangerous obviously that's not good now after one data breach involving the Wakefield council and I did actually report on that back in the day when that happened a domestic violence victim and her children had to be urgently rehoused and another one involving a South Wales police, and again, I reported on this one too, the name of a woman trying to check if her partner was a child abuser was actually disclosed to the guy that was suspected of being a child abuser. Now, she was trying to use, for the record, Sarah's Law, which was introduced to provide access to sex offender registers after the murder of eight-year-old Sarah Payne in 2000 by a convicted sex offender in the UK. Now, solicitors and the Department for Work and Pensions were also responsible for data breaches, according to the ICO, or Information Commissioner's Office. Mr. Edwards is calling for data handlers to receive more training and to double-check records and contact details for access to information uh, if it needs to be further restricted to reduce the risk of harm. And this is the sad part about this entire thing, is that every year, 1.7 million women in the United Kingdom suffer domestic abuse, according to a crime survey for England and Wales. That obviously is a horrific number, and it's obviously not, they're not the only country here in the United States, Canada, I don't care where you are, this is a problem worldwide. And these are individuals and their families that oftentimes need to be protected, 
And if these are things are getting out there and you've got somebody that's stalking you angry, you know, whatever it is, you know, that 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 wants to do you harm and they can go to the dark web or or just look it up because it's a misconfigured database and find your information. That's a very serious problem. We have to do better overarchingly as a society. And, and it's not, again, it's not just the United Kingdom, but right now they're seeing a rash of these things. And so you've got almost 2 million women potentially at risk, uh, you know, that have already been through horrific abuse situations. And so I'm not a fan of this at all. Nobody should be a fan of this at all if you're a human and and hopefully they'll they'll be improving this. And so if you're listening to me and you are a cybersecurity professional in the United Kingdom, please help your country in the same way that we're trying to help ours here. So make sure you're on this. Absolutely not cool. And the last, finally, we have for you, <clears throat> and this is an interesting one because we're bringing it back to the United States, is actually Hunter Biden, son of President Joe Biden. Now, if you follow politics or not, and for the record, I'm not getting in to the political side of this. I'm simply reporting uh, what is out there because this is a data breach as well. You know that he's been very much in the news, uh, you know, for political machinations, et cetera, et cetera. Again, I'm not getting into it, but here's what's basically happening because he is the president's son. And he has just this past week filed lawsuits against Rudy Giuliani, uh, who is former mayor of New York. Um, you know, he worked for the Trump administration, et cetera, et cetera, as well as another attorney saying that those two wrongly accessed and shared his personal data after obtaining it from the owner of a computer repair shop in the state of Delaware. Now, the lawsuit that hit this past Tuesday is essentially, and, and I quote the article here from the BBC, is the latest in a new strategy by Hunter to strike back against Republican allies of former President Donald Trump who have traded and passed around his private data, including purported emails and embarrassing images, in an effort to discredit his father. End quote. And that is as close to politics as I'm going to get. Whether you agree with that or not, that's essentially what is being reported here. Now, the lawsuit getting back to that, specifically accuses Giuliani, uh, Rudy Giuliani, and attorney Robert Costello of spending years, quote, hacking into, tampering with, manipulating, copying, disseminating, and generally obsessing over the data that was taken or stolen from, end quote, Hunter's devices, um, basically, or storage, meaning he dropped off a laptop, it was left there. Um, you know, Hunter Biden has a history of, of drug abuse, I believe it's crack or something like that. Um, and so he left it there for a specific period of time. At that point, it technically became the property of the shop owner who then turned it over. When he, he went to the FBI uh, initially saying, hey, this is, I think this is Hunter Biden's laptop, but he was not 100% sure because apparently he's legally blind. Um, and then the FBI apparently didn't take it, um, or maybe they did, but he made a copy of it, this, 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 this repair owner, and essentially that copy was turned over, apparently, eventually to Rudy Giuliani. So the campaign, basically, according to the lawsuit, has led to the quote-unquote total annihilation of his digital privacy. And obviously, that makes sense. Very damning information about him was sent out. Forgetting the emails and all of that, you've got a lot of very personal photos and videos uh, of him doing some very adult and sometimes illegal things and all of that, which, you know, again, is is w what is out there. And nobody's really denying that that those aren't you know, uh, Hunter Biden, including Hunter Biden himself. Now, the lawsuit also claims that Hunter Biden's data was, quote, manipulated, altered, and damaged, end quote, before it was sent to Giuliani and Costello and has been further altered since then. And so what they're claiming is, 
possibly deep fakes, possibly tampering with messages, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they broke laws basically against computer hacking when they did it, according to the lawsuit, which seeks unspecified damages in a court order to return the data and make no more copies. Now, Mr. Costello used to represent Mr. Giuliani, but recently filed a lawsuit against the former New York City mayor uh, saying he did not pay more than $1.3 million in legal fees. And from what I understand from the news, Rudy Giuliani is pretty strapped for cash as he's facing multiple lawsuits from the government and now Hunter Biden. And I wrote for the record when the Hunter Biden story broke before the, uh, the 2020 election, I wrote an article on this for Smirconish.com of CNN basically saying we don't have a laptop here and that's still true we do not have a physical laptop what we have is an image of the laptop meaning a duplicate of the laptop but we don't know if that's a forensic image nobody has ever claimed it's a forensic image meaning the image cannot be tampered with and so by virtue of that it is very possible to insert things delete things tamper things my the point that i'm making here is that if you're going to show up in court and we're using the legal standard here uh, you have to show chain of custody for evidence, that the evidence actually is unaltered from there. Courts have spent centuries figuring out what forgeries are. We have precedent over precedent over decades and centuries in U.S. court and back in British common law, where our court and legal system originally uh, came from, that basically shows you know, how to look for fraud, how to prove this. And right now you could not submit this image into court. Now there was an article done about this that basically says the image due to its <clears throat> handling, passing around, it's so easy to insert things, remove things. So it obviously couldn't hold up in court, but one author, uh, one journalist basically wrote, and I cannot remember his name, otherwise I'd give him credit, that basically said, this is essentially, this image of this laptop is tantamount to like a crime scene where all the police decided to like have their McDonald's lunch and throw their wrappers everywhere. And I think that's a pretty good analogy. So we don't 100% know, but uh, what that is. And if obviously he did damaging things or damning things you know whether it's for individually himself on behalf of his pre uh, on behalf of his father who is now the president etc i can't answer those questions nobody really can at the moment that's why we have a court and legal system that gathers legitimate evidence on this so we're going to see where this goes but i also feel pretty bad for hunter only in the sense that we all have a right to privacy i've been a privacy advocate for my entire career as you know and i wouldn't want to see anybody's personal stuff dumped out there and especially if you're the son of such a high profile figure as the president and you may hate the president you know you may hate his son but but he like everybody else has that right to privacy and i'd be saying the same thing if it was like i don't know ivanka trump or don jr or any one of the trump kids or malia and sasha for the obamas or jenna and the other one <laughs> from w you know you know it, it we we should basically you know be concerned for that as well he has lost his total privacy and that's never a good thing so those were your breaches of the week take it for what it's worth again not getting political here you can vote for whoever you want please just go vote and uh, we'll see what happens but those are what happened this week and woo, it's been a long one still traveling but i'll see you next time and please like share follow me here on facebook and twitter at nick aesp and please feel free to subscribe to me at youtube as well and as always stay safe stay online and please attempt to stay private Thanks, everybody.